Today in Not Really News. FreeBSD is still awesome. Um, you know, the 34.2% is all FreeBSD. Don't tell anyone I'm free. Don't tell anyone I'm free. Hello, and welcome to BSD Talk number 249. It's Saturday, December 20, 2014. What follows is another recording from Meet BSD California 2014, so here it is. My name's Scott Long with Netflix, been with FreeBSD for about 15 years now. Um, and uh, as you know, we, at Netflix we run FreeBSD for all of our videos serving, and we've done a lot of technical work over the past couple of years on, on that front. I've talked to a lot of other conferences, I won't rehash that, but I just want to give you a little update on what we're doing right now. Um, so as a reminder, um, FreeBSD is still awesome. Um, you know, 34.2% is all FreeBSD serving. You know, there's a lot of other of, of uh, other serving going on in those other parts of the graph. And, you know, I know Alan Jude is serving a lot of FreeBSD too over the internet, but, you know, big block right there, all FreeBSD. So still very much awesome. But uh, a few months ago, we started thinking to ourselves, um, what can we do to make things, change things up a little bit? What if we start encrypting all of our traffic? And what would things look like? Um, for one, this graph suddenly changes, and now you can't tell us Netflix. It actually has to sell traffic. Um, we start thinking to ourselves, you know, and, 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 you know, I guess the question is, why would we want to do that? Why would we want to encrypt everything? We already have DRM baked into the movie file. Why would we want to add SSL on top of that? And the reason is, is, is um, big reaction to the Snowden leaks and the NSA spying and all that kind of stuff has, has, has forced companies like Google to really take a serious look at, at SSL encrypting everything. And where we come in on that is that we are moving from using Silverlight as our player for Mac and Windows to using HTML5. And uh, it's working great. It's already, it's already rolled out for, for, for some customers. But as part of the HTML5 standardization process, Google is really pushing to have no mixed mode uh, objects within HTML5. And what that means is that if we want to encrypt our data channel, which we do, we need to also SSL encrypt our I'm sorry, if we want to encrypt our, our, our control channel, which we do, we also need to encrypt our data channel. Um, so that presents some challenges for us. Um, we'll review. Uh, sorry, the contrast with that. I just made these slides a few minutes ago. Um, but this is what a, a traditional web server looks like. Um, you take I/O off your disk, you read it into a worker thread in your web server. That worker thread sends it back out to the network, to, to your client. Um, pretty straightforward, but you're, you're copying the data uh, into the application space, and then you're copying the same data right back out to the kernel so it can go out the network stack. And you always hacks on that, you can net map, and blah, 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 but this is, this, is, this is the basic thing. And that incurs a lot of overhead. Uh, you have twice as much memory bandwidth to, to move all the data back and forth from kernel space to application space, CPU load just to do the copying of the bits, and your caches, your L1, L2, L3 caches just get trashed by that. Um, with Nginx as our web server, we, we get around that a little bit. Instead of copying everything in via read and copying back out via write, we have all the data stay um, in the kernel. In fact, the data never even touches the CPU. We have the worker thread use the send call system call to, to signal to start reading data in. It, it hangs out in the VM via direct memory access 
uh, uh, data movement over the bus. And then once it's, once it's, once it's fully in there, then, then SendFile pushes it back out to the network stack, never touches the CPU, never touches application space. And this has been very, very good for us. When we're moving 20 gigabits, 40 gigabits of data on a single server, saving all those CPU cycles from the copying is very important to us. Um, so this has been great. Um, we've, we've additionally done some work to make an async send file call that allows us to uh, asynchronously asynchronous get our data in so we, we don't have to have as big of a thread pool for Nginx, and it also allows us to do variable read ahead, variable cache behind, which further optimizes our workload. Um, but when you talk about doing SSL, suddenly that breaks because whether it's open SSL or Libre SSL or, or whatever, that SSL <laughs> library sits in, in the application space. So once again, we have to go back and read all of our data into the application space, encrypt it, then write it back out. And our tests showed that on a machine that was getting, say, 24 gigabits of, of data serving, uh, suddenly it dropped down to 8 gigabits because of, of CPU. Uh, load pressure from doing both the math of, of the encryption, but also doing all the extra copies and, and all that overhead. So, and that was even with using AESNI instructions in the CPU. I mean, if we if we were doing a pure C code software based AES, that would have been even worse. So, this was about as optimized as we could make it. Now, you know, there are companies out there. There's Cavium and, and many other companies that have an SSL accelerator that you kind of bolt onto the side. Um, a, lot, a lot of companies use it very successfully. Uh, we're still, you know, talking to those kind of companies, but at the same time, we have this this huge base of installed machines out there that are going to have to start serving SSL. That we're not going to we're not going to recall those machines back into our factory and, and and retrofit them with an SSL accelerator. So we have to make something work on the hardware we have. We have to make something work on future hardware that's going to be low end, lower cost hardware. So um, what we're working on is putting bulk encryption into the kernel. And what that means is that uh, we'll still have a, a, an SSL library in userland that's doing all the, all the key exchange, session management, that kind of stuff, responding to all the, all the messages from the client. But the actual bulk encryption is going to happen in the socket layer in the kernel. So what that means is that uh, from SimPal's perspective, things are still the same. We still signal it to, to, to move data from disk to network stack. But we also exchange a key uh, via socket option in for that socket, uh, you know, for connection key, and as the data goes in the socket layer, it then either gets encrypted inline via AES, or we have the option to plug it into like the Open Crypto Framework and maybe send it out to a crypto accelerator or another CPU or something like that. So um, that's basically what we're working on. We have a proof of concept working right now that's been serving uh, some basic SSL traffic. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to have it serving actual real customers over SSL. And uh, hopefully by next couple months, we'll have this kind of polished off, at least the first round of it, and um, ready for wider review from, from, from a code technology perspective and, uh, and all that. So um, this, stuff, this work is being done via uh, Randall Stewart's the, uh, the primary guy, but he's also working with guys like John Mark Gurney, the community. Hopefully we'll be working with more people and... Uh, making a big community effort around this, because we, we, we feel that this is not going to uh, uh, benefit just us. It's going to benefit anyone that's doing a web server who wants to start SSL encrypting their traffic. Um, like I said, moving it, all that stuff out of, out of the user line and the kernel will give you uh, better performance. So stay tuned. We're going to have papers uh, next year at uh, hopefully HWBSDCon and BSDCAN about this, and look forward to uh, more discussions with Randall Stewart on the mailing list. So that was about 10 minutes. Any questions? Yes. So first, I love the work. 
And uh, the question is there, what about SSL vulnerabilities? And uh, we have to pack the kernel now. If OpenSSL has another vulnerability that comes out. As you know, like every month, OpenSSL has a vulnerability. So, so the kernel is just doing the bulk encryption AES. The actual key exchange and, and session management stuff, that's, stuff that's, that's been the vector for attack in the past, still stays in a library that, that will be updated via normal means. Um, the impact to like, like OpenSSL code changes for that were very, very minimal. We basically just had to write a new Cypher library that, that kind of took the old AES Cypher library and just added these hooks into it. So it's very little code change there. Um, and yeah, all the core stuff for, for, for session management stays the same. So. Uh, we're just as vulnerable, but, but it will be just patched just as easily as, as a stock library. What about renegotiation in the middle of the... SL lets you renegotiate in the middle. You disable that because in the kernel you can't really do the renegotiation now, right? Yes, and that's actually a hard problem. We're actually we're actually uh, been talking quite a bit about that internally, and that may be something where we just turn off re renegotiation um, entirely. Um, it, 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 there's been a lot of debate back and forth, and that's still a, a good technical question that we're working on. So... Um, yeah, renegotiating. And, and that's that's that, that's the beauty of this is that um, there is new hardware coming out from Intel that's where where you know better encryption is baked into the into the chipset. This architecture allows us to write a driver for and plug it right into the kernel. Right, right. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So so, but that's the idea is that whether whether it's 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 something baked in, into the into the chipset or something a, a separate accelerator that we would buy or another CPU that we would, we would you know create an asymmetrical workload offload. Yeah, that's the idea is to be able to plug that kind of stuff in. One more question, you. Are you still getting the 24 gigs after putting in the kernel, or do you still have a hit? We still have, we still have a hit because the math is still expensive. One of the things that we're looking at, though, is we've always turned off hyper-threading on our, on our CPUs because typically for a kernel workload, hyper-threading is useless. Uh, with turning hyper-threading on, though, we're starting to see some initial results that hyper-threading can actually give us back quite a bit of performance. Um, because with, with, with AES, you're using just the SSE instructions, and that becomes very easy to pipeline between two hyperthread cores. So, so yeah, so with, with, with this, we were, you know, we were taking a 2x hit with turning hyperthreading on. We're looking at probably 20 or 30% improvement from there. So we don't get back to the original, but it's much less of a hit. So, all right, thank you very much. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 249.